on-premise? Where we're going, we won't need on-premise. Welcome to MSP to the Future. Hello, MSPs, and welcome to this episode of MSP to the Future. This episode, I'm from the future to Azure or not to Azure. Again, going back to that uh, back to the future metaphor. You really have to watch the movies to get that one. So I'm your host, Jeannie DeWitt, and I have with me my co-host, the cloud guy, David Hood. Hey, everyone. So in this episode... Um, we want to talk about our experience uh, with cloud and Azure and honestly why using them pretty much almost killed our MSP. Um, so if you're using Azure and you're having issues or you're thinking about using Azure, hopefully this episode will help. Um, but first, I just want to give you a little bit of background. I know we haven't gone into our story, um, and we will do that on an episode in the future. But I do want to give a little bit of background so that you understand why we had such a huge experience with Azure. Um, we did build a very successful seven-figure MSP. And one of the ways that we did that was because our number one service was cloud, and we used that as a foundation to build our MSP. Uh, and you know, we used many different providers before becoming a cloud service provider for our MSP. That is how we solved our, our issues. Uh, and Azure was one of the things we used. In fact, one of the first ones we were, we, it wasn't even in the United States yet when we started doing cloud. We had to go over to, was England. It was England, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and Azure really today is one of the biggest topics that I think our partners or our prospects um, come to us and want to discuss. It's like one of the main uh, places that a lot of partners come from and they say they're working with Azure and they just have so many issues they they just really don't know what to do. So, um, so that's what we want to talk about today. So I think the first um, the first challenge that we had with micro or with Azure, Microsoft Azure, uh, was pricing challenges. Um, so I think you know probably we can all agree, and maybe some of you have had some experience with this. But in order to sell cloud, the pricing to your customer needs to make sense. Um, it can't be you can't you know if 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 an on-prem server for that client was going to cost five thousand dollars, you can't charge that customer a thousand dollars a month for the cloud server. They're, they're going to laugh at you. In fact, we had customers when we were trying to price out Azure laugh at us, didn't we, David? So um, Azure, you know, the cost from Azure didn't make sense. The costs were just too high. Um, part of that was because um, of the fluctuating pricing that um, Azure has. So the ingress and egress of data. So data coming in and data coming out. They do charge you for all of that. They do have kind of a base charge that as long as you don't go over it, but you have, you know, that it'll stay the same, but you don't know if it'll stay the same. I don't care if you had your customer for 20 years. You can't possibly know how much data they're going to transfer, you know, over that bandwidth. So that bill is going to fluctuate. Um, they also charge you for, like, transactions, right, David? Yeah, which I don't even quite know what that means, but 
I still don't know what that means. I know. So because you don't know what it means, you have no idea what it's going to come to in a bell for you. So, you know, we, we it was really just it was really just impossible to price. I think you can get that idea. So, you know, we did a couple of things because, you know, that was, you know, it was Azure. So we thought, OK, this is what we're going to we're going to use for our customers. Um, so the first thing that we did is that we increased our pricing to handle that, you know, those fluctuations in pricing. We tried to raise our prices high enough to be able to absorb those fluctuations. But our pricing to our customers became so high. Again, that was when we got the laughs from our customer um, that it was just too expensive. It just didn't make sense. And we were kind of making fools of ourselves even offering those prices, prices to our customers. So we stopped that. And then we uh, lowered uh, our margins. So we decided, okay, well, we're just going to just, you know, not make a 35% or a 25% margin uh, or markup. And uh, we, we went that route. But we had to lower our margins so low that it didn't even make sense for us to even offer it as a service. We weren't making any money in it. And to top it off, we had to, because we had to, we did it that way, we had to bill in arrears. So we had to wait for the bill to come from Microsoft and see what it was. And then we had to upcharge that and then turn around and bill our customers. So we actually had to hire extra, you know, personnel in our, our office to handle the billing because we had to again wait for that bill to come and and they had to mark it up and and then we also had to try to explain to our customers why that bill was you know fluctuating every month it just it was just very very difficult for our customers to understand and again it was very difficult on our cash flow so that was probably one of the one of the big reasons and that we didn't want to use Azure anymore and again one of the big reasons that our partners don't like it either Another reason that Azure uh, almost killed our MSP was because of its complexity. So, David, I'm going to give you that one. Uh, well, yeah, it's as a as a 38 year uh, person with experience in the industry, I've gone out to their calculator and tried to figure out what I'm supposed to select to set up a, a new environment and I still can't figure it out. So it's um, it's confusing. They have way too many um, types and categories and things to select. I don't know, maybe there's somebody out there that uses all that stuff, but I can tell you that when we talk to our partners and stuff, 95% of all that stuff, no one cares about. They don't care about the region, mostly one in the United States anyway. I mean, I guess if you have some multi-country uh, company that wants to be all over the world or something, it might come into play, but I just don't see it. Um, and, uh, you know, I know that they, ner Nerdio, probably everybody's heard of that. I find it kind of, I guess, ironic, funny, sad, all at the same time, that a whole other company was created to try to make the Azure environment more understandable and usable by people like us. And all that did was add another layer of complexity and things that you had to learn another shell on top of everything else 
to try to use it. It just it makes no sense to me uh, as a technician whatsoever, and I don't think it makes sense to most people. Again, there, there's just no reason to make it that complex. How they turn something that we do every day into something that complex is just kind of beyond me. Yeah, I've even uh, gone out and tried to, you know, competitively price because, of course, that's, you know, since I'm in sales, trying to make sure that our pricing is, you know, uh, competitive and, you know, you can select it, but boy, it it is really difficult. Yeah, you're not sure what you're selecting. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the biggest thing is, (laughs) okay, so I've got a price that looks similar to what I should charge and maybe to a competitor or something. But did I pick everything? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> no. And they don't, e- they don't even have gigabytes for storage. I mean, it's not even the same unit. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. So uh, another reason that we ha- steered away from uh, Azure was uh, the Microsoft factor. And I, I'm sure that any MSPs that are listening right now are probably shaking their heads. So, David, I'm going to give this one to you as well. Yeah, it's kind of sad. I mean, again, we started, well, we used Microsoft for our our entire company's career, but really in like the late 90s, they they got into this whole partner program and created a partner program, and they wanted people like us, companies like us to, you know, sell and support their services, and their support was pretty good. Now, you, you, you had to pay to be a partner every year, but they had... Uh, critical support where you could call in and get support back, you know, call back within an hour or two. And I said a call back, not email, not a ticket. You could actually get a call back within an hour or so, and you could actually talk to someone and, you know, get things resolved. It's it's just gone south and gotten worse ever since then, then to a point where it's, you know, it's a non-U.S. based support. Um, a lot of times it's not even Microsoft. It's a third-party company that they've hired to do support for them. I know you see when you send emails back and forth, you'll see the other company names and it's not even Microsoft. Um, They have multiple texts that are are dealing with the issue sometimes because of time zones and things like that where you're not even talking to the same person. Um, So it just just didn't work uh, and and it's gotten worse and worse. Um, I can tell you that um, I just, I personally, for a customer had to try to work with Microsoft on an issue that we just couldn't figure out. We spent two years, we paid for this support and it took them two years to try to get around to a resolution that ended up them saying, well, it's a bug and we'll look at it and see if we can fix it. I I mean, I can't even, luckily we, we got around things and got the client situated, but I mean, that's just obviously unacceptable. Um, and, you know, them wanting to, to know information about our customer and who they are and what they're doing, and it's irrelevant to the problem, and they're just trying to gather information, and it's just a, a not a good situation. Yeah, and we've had, you know, because we had to give Microsoft, you know, our end user client information, they actually have reached out to our clients on things that they should, I mean, they should never be reaching out to our clients, but we didn't have any choice, so we had to give them that information, so not relevant. Um, Another reason we, again, have steered away from Azure is um, that it really required more uh, training for our technicians, uh, and um, David, I'm going to let you talk about this one as well. 
Yeah, again, how they can take something so simple and complicate it to that level is just beyond me. Um, the shell that they created to, you know, try to get you to create the machines and, and manage and do everything is complex, convoluted, um, again, much more complicated than 99.9% .9 of people ever need. Um, you spend a lot of time, uh, we spend a lot of time, and our techs would spend a lot of time trying to just get in. Um, you know, every week it seems like they were updating it, and so they'd get in and think they knew where they were going to have to go to do something, and then they had already changed it, and uh, you couldn't even find what it is you were looking for to try to get in to fix. Um, so we spent a lot of time, and it was very frustrating when a customer was having a problem that we couldn't s just fix. We had to scramble around and try to get into the interface and find things and do things. We couldn't even work on the customer's problem. We were working on our problem first, which was trying to figure out where we had to go to fix the problem. And you can't explain that to a customer. They just, of course, want the problem fixed. What's taking you so long? And we couldn't explain it to them other than it was, well, <laughs> we have to learn something new from Microsoft. And you can blame it on Microsoft to a point, and the customers would kind of understand, but that got old pretty quick. And to me, again, Nerdio does nothing except add another layer of complexity and frustration onto that. We tried it, and it was just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, so so I think you get the point that uh, I, I, I'm not sure that we actually have to go into a lot of detail with Azure because I think you know, when we talk about it to our partners and prospects, uh, they pretty much already get this, but uh, we did want to bring it up, and we did want to bring out you know the specific reasons why it was a problem for us. Um, so you can tell uh, our our experience with Azure was you know was not smooth whatsoever, and really it was only um, until we were able to get the big providers out of our environment or our, our MSP. Um, and able to, uh, you know, we actually became a CSP for our MSP, which is where cloud services for MSPs came from, um, but actually able to support our, or you know, control our support and our pricing and make it simpler for our MSP to do cloud that we were able to be, you know, successful and again, grow our MSP. So hopefully this uh, episode has helped you to understand what the negatives that we had and how um, Azure really, um, you know, especially from a pricing standpoint, really kind of almost killed our MSP. So uh, David, do you have anything to add? No, I think I said it. Okay, so now we're going to go into, with David, uh, Cloud Conversations. And now it's time for Cloud Conversations. <laughs> Dude, what the hell was that? It's the segment intro. Everybody loves a good segment intro. Uh, okay, I'm just here to give some advice and help. Uh, can we just, like, get on with it? All right. Yeah, you're right. That was pretty lame. All right, let's get going. Cool. So today I'm going to answer the question, can I run my RMM on the cloud server? And the answer is absolutely. That's kind of the, the point. Uh, you know, the, the, there is no difference really between a cloud server and physical server, except for the physical server isn't where you can have it and touch it anymore. It's sitting up in the cloud, but it's still running Windows all of the standard 
uh, stuff that's available on Windows is there, including your RMM, so you absolutely can, and in fact, we would highly recommend that you do so. So thank you again for listening to this episode of MSP to the Future. And to leave you with a quote from Doc from Back to the Future, your future is whatever you make it, so make it a good one. See you on the next episode. To be continued.